What do you want? If I asked you this in person, I can safely guess that what you're searching for falls under a single umbrella category, and that is freedom. You want the freedom to choose how you spend your time. You want the freedom to work with who you want to work with. You want the freedom to do the work that's most meaningful to you. And maybe you want the freedom to live where you want to. There's a problem with this though. These types of freedom are hard to achieve without another kind of freedom. And that is financial freedom. On some level, we all know this, which is why our efforts are centered towards achieving this goal. But how do you achieve financial freedom? How do you do this without giving into the countless fake gurus selling you overpriced programs and dodgy crypto schemes online? Recently, we put out a free wealth building course from our own Shane Malar. And in this episode of the Acario podcast, we talk a little bit about how you build financial freedom. We don't go into as much detail as the course, obviously, but this episode is a great introduction to wealth building from the Acario perspective. If you like the rest of us and you want to achieve financial freedom, you're going to love this episode because Shane is dropping some serious knowledge bombs in this one. And if you want to check out the free course, the links and show notes are available at ikario.com forward slash 044. We hope this episode is valuable to you. Enjoy. Hey Shane again. It's good to jump on a uh, a podcast episode with you. We've missed you, mate. You were sorely yeah, missed. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been uh, I've been away from from the studio and everything, but we can make it work. We can make it work even while I'm on the road. You've been you've been gallivanting. You've been in uh, <laughs> Switzerland, Romania, bloody hell, mate. You've been jetting around. Yeah. How's it been? It's uh, it's the, like the good old digital nomad days. I did miss <laughs> I did miss being able to travel and. It's really nice. Yeah, I was going to say this, uh, being in Lisbon for this amount of time, it's the longest you've been anywhere for years, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we dive in to the main, uh, to the meat of the episode, we have a question. We have a question posed to us from Ashley. So I figured it'd be a good idea to, to address that. So it's quite yeah, a big, it's, uh, it's quite a big question. So I've got, I'm going to just uh, sort of boil it down to the nutshell. So uh, Ashley asks a question related to um, getting one's shit together financially. Mm. So he admires the uh, holistic approach that we uh, we usually take with uh, with the, the things that we teach at Icario. So the question he mentions here, I'll just sort of talk about the last paragraph. It says, inside, there's a desire to become a man who is thriving in terms of relationships, finance, career, health, spirituality, intellect, lifestyle, not just in one area. It would be interesting to hear how you approach or have approached this maximization of human potential, whether by focusing intensely and singularly on the one most important thing at a time to the point where you can manage this without too much effort, or is it by continually maintaining a simultaneous focus across all areas that are the pillars of being the all-round badass? Yeah, now, this is a great question. and I think this is one of the, the big challenges too. Um, in a way specialization is is always easier and it's also kind of encouraged right i think i think that is you know that's like the career path let's say that's laid out for you is like oh specialize in a thing you know be the expert in that thing and then that's uh that's almost like that's the point of education right it's like you get a general education but then you're supposed to specialize and then specialize even further into a profession or something like that so I think it's quite deeply ingrained, um, this idea that do one thing, you know, do one thing really well. Um, but that's, that's exactly the problem. It's like, well, okay, if you then, what if you want more out of life essentially? And that's definitely the idea behind um, what we talk about at Icario is that this is not, um, you know, like we've mentioned before, like we talk about productivity, but this is not, a productivity podcast um, and we talk about health but this is not a, a health or fitness or nutrition podcast and we talk about money but this is not a finance podcast right and, and this is exactly why because of course um, like most of us want all of these things or, or to live a good life in, in a way that's that's exactly the problem right it's like 
if you focus only on one thing, you say, okay, I'm all about money. I'm just going to make as much money as possible. Like we already know that that doesn't lead to a good life. What it leads to, if, if you do it well, is it leads to a lot of money, <laughs> but you can be perfectly <laughs> miserable and unhealthy with a big number in your bank account, right? And so th this is, in a way, the challenge that we, um, that we try to tackle. And it's also good timing here because, um, so we released a free class on the topic of wealth building. And again, that's like, you know, this is not... And, and we're going to make some content on the topic of wealth building and of personal finance, but it, we're not turning into a personal finance brand. It, the whole thing is in that context of, hey, money can be a hugely limiting factor in your life. And even if your main priorities in life are to be healthy and happy and have great relationships and do something meaningful and change the world in a positive way, unfortunately, you have to care about money. <laughs> it's almost like you don't have a choice. You have to care about money and you have to have some basic financial literacy and, and some kind of a system that ensures that you're not constantly struggling with money. So, okay, that's kind of context here, right? So to answer this question, the most specific part of the question is essentially, well, do you do, if you want to have a well-rounded life, if you want to be an all-around badass, do you do one thing at a time? So do you sort out the money thing, then you sort out the health thing, then you sort out the relationship thing or something like that? Or do you keep all the plates spinning um, at all times? And I think that, so I'd love to be able to give a simple answer to this, but from my own experience, the, the answer is not simple because um, th there's two things to consider. One is that if you try to do too many things, then it, you're, you're likely to do not enough of anything to get real results, okay? So if you, you know, the, he listed like seven things or something, right? It's like uh, spirituality, relationships, finance, career, a bunch of other things, right? Even if you just think like, okay, you could like dedicate an hour per day to each of these things and that would fill up like a considerable chunk of your day, but then you're still only doing an hour a day on each one. And that's probably not enough to make, to make real progress. So to kind of just evenly distribute your attention um, across all the areas of life that are important doesn't work. But on the other hand, if you say, I'm going to just pursue my career and make money to the detriment of everything else, right? I'm just going to be a no-lifer and, and let my health deteriorate and so on while I just work on my business 24-7 or something like that. That is also, that, that's probably going to be effective for your business to some degree. But most people who do that will then look back and look back with regret and, and be like, yeah, okay, I have a successful business now, but you know, I'm just such a mess in every other area of life. I wish I hadn't done that, right? So in other words, the, the answer isn't, isn't one or the other. What comes to the rescue, I think, is habits, okay? Because you can think of habits as a way to automate certain behaviors. So... If you want to, and let, yeah, let's talk about money, right? One of the things we talk about in, in the wealth building classes as well is to use habits and automation to make it so that you are on a trajectory of building wealth without constantly having to do things, without constantly having to think about it, right? And so it can, and, and the best way to build habits is to essentially have a period of time where you concentrate on building those habits, where you prioritize that. And then once the habits are ingrained, that frees up your time and attention and energy to focus on something else, right? And I think that is the key because if you, because I think that what you can do is you can spend a few weeks, let's say, if you say, okay, money is a priority. And if we talk about it on the personal finance side, right, you can spend a few weeks to um, learn some basics about personal finance and to build some habits or even some automated systems, such as um, making sure that you have multiple accounts. You know, one of them is your checking account for expenses. One of them is your savings account where you just build up a savings. Maybe another where you um, put in the money that you know you'll owe in taxes. And you can maybe also automate this, right? If you have a fixed income, you can basically just make a recurring transfer to these accounts every month. 
So then you have, it's a good habit, right? It's a good financial habit to not just spend all your money, but to, to kind of budget your money and allocate your money into, into like savings and tax accounts and whatnot. And you can automate that. It might take a while for you to figure out, okay, well, how much should I do? How will I budget this? How will it work? How do I set this up in my bank account, right? That requires some attention, but once it's done, it's done. And then you, you're, that frees up some time and attention for other things. And the same is true for other things, right? You need to spend some time to learn about some basics of investing so that you have an idea, okay, what can I do with my money um, to, to make more money, right? I, I want my money to be productive for me. What can I do? You need to have some idea. If you just jump in and like randomly buy some stocks or something because the, you know the, they're hot on Reddit right now or something like that, this is a recipe for disaster, right? You have to know what you're doing. So you have to spend some time figuring this out and you make a plan. Again, you know, maybe this takes a few weeks to, to get to the point where you say, okay, here's my plan. Here's an amount of money I'm gonna to allocate to these investments every month. Maybe you can even automate it. And once that's done, it's done, right? And I think this is, this is the way to do it. And the same is true for other areas of life, right? Uh, so if we talk about like health or something, it's like you can look at what are my eating habits and how do I improve these eating habits? And it might take some time to do the research, to experiment. Maybe you have to practice how to do, you know, you have to make a habit of doing meal prep or you have to learn how to make good green smoothies like we talked about previously, right? Something like that. But once it's done, um, it's done. So think of it as you invest the time to build the habits and automate the behavior that you want. Um, and that is, for me, what works best is to do it essentially in sprints. So I will be kind of obsessed with one thing for a while. I'll, I'll try to extract as many good habits and, and systems out of that as possible and then move on to the next thing. Mm. Okay, yeah, that that um, that makes sense to me. Because, I mean, if we contrast that approach of, of spending a certain amount of time focusing on one single thing and building a habit that will hopefully last us as we focus on other things, if we contrast that with trying to I don't know, trying to improve your relationships, your finance, your career, health, spirituality, intellect, and lifestyle, <laughs> like all at once. Um, I don't really even, to be thing. honest, I don't even know what that would look like, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it'd pre be pretty chaotic by the looks of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I can use the, uh, an exercise habit example for this, is that like exercising every morning or thereabouts, is almost an automated thing that feels strange if I don't do it. But I didn't mm. just do that by, um, I, di I didn't build that habit while I was building every other habit. Like the, the, that, that sort of, that habit built, that behavior sort of formed when I was focusing, like through sprints of focusing on, I know I was gonna do like a 12 week bulk, like an eight week cut and this and that, of just mainly just focusing on my fitness and, mm -hmm. I actually wonder how possible it is. I wonder how much focus a human being is capable of. <laughs> you know, would would yeah. would a person really be able to make big, you know, changes in all these areas at once? I don't. I just I just doubt that. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's also it, this is actually for those who listened. We had a podcast about like it was titled something like how to not go broke in the Bitcoin boom. So that's where mm. we talked a little bit about investing as well. And something I talked about there is actually a, a principle that you can apply to many places, right? It's when you get excited about something and the context there was, okay, the Bitcoin price is going up. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's excited about Bitcoin all of a sudden, right? And, but it's natural that, you know, you'll have excitement, the wave of excitement crests and then falls again. And my point was like harness this, this temporary excitement to learn about this thing and to set up some systems, knowing that it will fade. And I think the same, this, the, the underlying principle here can be applied everywhere, right? If you, like you say, with like fitness, okay, maybe you have, you, you get into a phase where you're just like super into fitness and you're, you're, you know, watching content about it, you're reading about it, you, you're excited about it. It's like, this will fade, okay? You won't stay excited. Like you were saying, right? It's like your focus isn't just gonna be that on fitness for the rest of your life. Or I mean, you know, in some cases, maybe you found your calling or something and you're gonna be a fitness instructor or something like that. But for most people, 
it's going to be this wave that just crests and then fades, right? But what you can do, instead of fighting that, right? I think that the mistake we make is we feel like if only I were always that motivated, right? If only I could maintain like peak motivation and peak excitement about fitness. And then we beat ourselves up when we don't. But I think instead it's just like accept that that's how it works, right? Things come and go in waves. But make use of that so that while the while you're at peak motivation and excitement, do all your learning, do all your consuming, do all your practicing so that afterwards you're armed with now you know how to do put together a good workout program, you've you've ingrained some habits and so on, right? And so you're still benefiting from that afterwards, even as the excitement fades. I think that's um, and that's often how it works for me. So I've I've learned to essentially ride the wave of this temporary excitement about something and, and make sure that I benefit in the long term. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So you lean into and embrace the excitement you feel around any particular area. Mm -hmm. You dive into it, basically. You, you allow yourself to focus on that one area for a while. And if you do so, it's very likely that even as even when the excitement and focus on this one area fades, you'd have probably picked up some habits and some skills and some knowledge that will last you through the peaks and troughs. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and that's the goal as well, is to extract that. Because it would be a shame to... Um, Again, it's like knowing this in advance and planning for it can make a huge difference because if you have the the rising excitement and you expect and hope and plan for it to just stay that way, then you can really waste the opportunity, right? Because then you're just like, oh, this is great. I'm going to do this forever. And then it starts waning and you go, oh my God, I failed. I give up, right? <laughs> so you can waste that opportunity. And I think that's what a lot of people end up doing. Yeah. All right, that uh, that question feels answered. That mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, th I think that uh, I think Ashley got the answer. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and it was good. Uh, it was good to bring up too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's quite timely as well because this episode uh, we're focusing on uh, wealth building. So this is quite mm -hmm. a timely question. Um. So yeah, I think we should. Uh, I think we can get into the into the the content then. So. Recently, you were just seemingly in the span in the, in the course of a weekend, just whipped up a casually just whipped up a wealth building course that on the Ikario team everyone's been like, "Holy shit, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is like life changing stuff," and it's just remarkable how you just you know you just you didn't even tell any of us about it really. You just was like, "Oh, by the way, <laughs> I made a thing," <laughs> and I just yeah. thought it'd be a, a good uh, a good opportunity on this episode to just talk about some of the principles in the course, and ideally, because it's free, by the way, anyone listening thinking we're trying to sell you something, we have nothing to sell you here. This is <laughs> this is a free wealth building course. Um, but yeah, I just thought we could uh, we could touch on some of the some of the topics in the course. Uh, just to give people a bit of a taste for what's in there. And uh, if people are interested, yeah. they can just go to the course and check it out. Yeah. I mean, so for context here as well, the reason I did this is that, um, you know, I was thinking about the, also based on the people we've been working with, right? We've had people taking um, the Focus in Action program and we have people in the Men Getting Shit Done program. And just also like of the impression that I got of, you know, basically it helped me to get a better um, picture of, you know, who our uh, customers are, who, who the people in our audience are. And I was thinking and writing about like, what are the most valuable things I can provide just to, based on my, based on my experience, based on my, um, you know, years of, of personal development and entrepreneurship and so on. Like what's the most important, valuable thing that I could deliver? right and I started writing down ideas and many of the ideas were around uh, basically wealth building so income investing and so on because that is often it's you know for me this is not like the most important topic I, I find that you know things like health and developing your mind and and all this kind of stuff um, like leveling up yourself as a person is generally more interesting to me 
but money is very often a hugely limiting factor in this. And in fact, it reminds me of a thing I came across, um, which I think was, a, I saw like this screenshot of a tweet, you know, that someone shared, which was someone saying, um, someone said something like, as, as a therapist myself, I think therapy can be useful, but most be, but, but, but what most people need is just money, right? So it's a therapist saying, look, people are coming to me with all kinds of problems. And many, often it's just like, yeah, you just need money, right? It's like you're just worried sick <laughs> um, about all kinds of things. You have all kinds of issues that if you had money, you could actually solve these problems. And I think that this is kind of, this epitomizes the, the situation. Right? I don't think that money itself is that important, but not having money and being essentially a victim, right, in the game of money, where it's just like stuff is happening to you, you're constantly broke, you don't know what's going on, right, um, is hugely, hugely detrimental to your life quality. And it's hugely detrimental to whatever other goals you have, right? And the main thing is that even if you have other priorities in life, even if your main priority is that you want to, you know, have great relationships and do meaningful work or change the world in a positive way or, or whatever it is, right? You still, if you are constantly broke, if you have no control over your finances, that is going to be a massively limiting factor. That's basically going to reduce your power. So one of the things we also talk about a lot here is personal power. And one of the reasons why money is so important is because think of the difference between someone who says, yeah, some, you know, some kind of a cause, right? Someone wants to do something meaningful in their lives. They want to, you know, improve the community they live in or something like that. But they have to work like two jobs to just be able to pay rent and bills. And so the best they can do is maybe a little bit of volunteering, a few hours of volunteering on the weekend, right? That's what they can squeeze in. I compare that to someone who has the same goal of improving their community, but they have, you know, they've, they have good, a good level of income and they have investments that are growing and helping them earn passively. And so they can basically say, you know what, I'm going to reduce my workload so I can spend two or three days a week doing the thing that's most meaningful to me, right? So it's like money gives you more power to do the things that you find important. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing you did mention in the course is that people generally, the people we've spoken to through our courses and stuff, the thing that they often say they want is like location freedom and time mm -hmm. freedom. Um, and you pointed out in the course, quite rightly so, that these things are a, an offshoot of financial freedom. So if you, if you have financial freedom, then you, know, you, you essentially have more power you can yeah. you have more location freedom usually more time freedom although although it depends right because you get some people that work work like dogs but they have financial freedom but they're like tied to something that you know but but i, yeah. but I, I still agree with the premise yeah which is also why which is also why i wanted to make a course about this because the only strategy that most of us have and, and i i think of this as like financial literacy you know it's one of those things that i realize I personally, I personally went to something like 15 years of schooling or something, right? it's about 15 years of my life I spent in school. And I learned nothing about finance, okay? I learned nothing about how to manage money. Um, yeah, no big deal, right? <laughs> um, I learned a lot of stuff that I never, never used in my life, but I, nobody ever talked about money. And so I think of this as like basic financial literacy, which is just one of those things that we generally miss, right? Uh, we're not taught about this in school and most of us also don't grow up in an environment where we kind of pick these things up, right? And so the, when it comes to, okay, how do I solve these problems? How do I have more freedom? How do I do the things I wanna do in life? The, the only strategy that most of us have is work more and try to get paid more for the work you do, okay? and Yes, that can sometimes, that's one way to increase your income, but that's like, that's one tool in a really 
wide uh, array of tools you have at your disposal when it comes to improving your financial situation. And most of us just have never thought about or have never been told about all the others, right? And so um, that's one of the reasons I wanted to make this course. And like, as an example, right, it's one of the things that I put in the course that um, I, was, I wasn't even sure. So it's a bit of a curse of knowledge problem, right? I wasn't even sure, like, should I even put this in here? Does everybody already know this, right? Is this too obvious? But then from you guys, I got the feedback that this is really important. So in terms of financial literacy, right, you can think of, here's a, an idea that's really important. So most of us just think about money, right? You have, you have money, you have money coming in, you have expenses, and somehow we try to keep, we usually keep a balance around zero, right? And a better way to think of this is in terms of um, liabilities and assets, but even more so you can always think of a spectrum where it goes from different kind of different states that your money can be in, and it goes from very bad to very good. Very bad is debt, and basically debt that um, compounds on itself, right? Where you, the worst thing you can do is basically buy stuff you don't need on credit uh, with uncertain terms. You know, you don't quite know exactly how, you know, the credit card terms, you know, you're not, not exactly sure how much you're being charged for it, but whatever, you just tap the card so you get the thing, right? <laughs> Because what that does is it puts you in, um, because the debt compounds, right? You, the, your, the interest that you have to pay on your debt, it's, it's essentially something that increases that debt size over time. And compound interest means that, you know, if whatever, if your credit card rate is 8% or something, right? Then it means you spend a, a chunk of money and you owe that money plus 8%. And the longer you don't pay it off, the bigger that chunk of money becomes on which you owe 8%. And it just keeps growing and growing, right? So you get into a snowball of debt. That's the worst thing. To, that's the worst thing to do with money, right? <laughs> it's like have <laughs> snowballs of debt. And it's, and it's very, very common. Lots and lots of people are caught up in multiple snowballs of debt, right, through multiple credit cards and stuff, right? So that's the worst thing. The, the next, if we, if we climb up the ladder of slightly better thing, is, and it's just an expense, which is like, I have some money, I pay it, and then I get something in return, that's it, right? <laughs> the money is gone. Now, and you know, some expenses, like a lot of expenses are necessary, right? I pay money and then I eat food and it's like, that's it. The, the value of the food disappears once I've digested it, right? <laughs> and that's just, that's just the reality of it. Like there's the, the, the value, it's like you're losing money essentially on expenses, but you're only losing money. There's nothing, I buy my food and I eat it. That's a fair exchange. There's no snowballing effect where this keeps getting worse and worse, right? <laughs> so expense is better than debt, right? Okay, the next, what's better than that, what's better than an expense is an asset where instead of spending my money on something, I'm converting my money into something that either holds its value or increases in value. And this is what investing is about, right? So if I, I spend my money, it's not really an expenditure, I can convert my money into, you know, um, stocks. Um, which means that I'm essentially investing in companies. And I'm hoping that the value of those companies will go up over time. Which means that there is a chance that I get more money out of it than I put in, okay? And even beyond that is a productive asset. You can invest into a productive asset. So you can invest into something that either holds its value or increases in value over time and is productive in some way. So an example of that would be you buy um, your real estate where you, maybe you buy a block of apartments. And so you own that real estate, the value of that building can increase over time, but also you're collecting rental income. So that's a productive asset. A much simpler example, right? How, how many of us can afford to buy apartment blocks, right? A much more like accessible example of this is um, is dividend stocks. 
So some companies pay dividends. You know, if you um, look off the top of my head, I think that like Microsoft and Disney and Coca-Cola and, uh, you know, and lots and lots of stocks pay dividends where essentially you're buying equity in this company and they distribute some of their profits to shareholders. So then it's like, hey, because you have these, uh, these Microsoft shares, here's, you know, whatever, uh, a few cents per share or whatever it is, right? It's, it's not a lot usually. But the point is you're, you're actually buying ownership in this company and not only might the value of this um, stock increase, but also you're actually getting paid because you're a partial owner of this company. Um, so that would be a productive asset, right? And so this is a basic idea that it's not just about you earn money, you have a salary or something, and you have some expenses. But thinking about you can have debt, expenses, assets, and productive assets. And the, the more you put your money onto the asset and productive asset side, the more you create a snowball effect of future wealth. And the more you're on the expense and debt side, the more you create a snowball effect of, of future poverty. And this one of those things, right? It's like not that, it's not like difficult to understand. And, and right now, there's probably people listening to this going, why has nobody told me this before? <laughs> that's the, uh, that's the reaction I had when I, when I, cause I, cause I've, um, I've gone through the wealth course until the investing part. Now there's a reason for that basically. And mm -hmm. I think, I think the reason for that will apply to more people than not as well is that because the first half of the of the course uh, is the, the part that resonated with me the most which is more about uh, understanding the stuff that like you just talked about but also in terms of the mindset aspects such as going from a um what 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 was it it's like going to an investor mindset from a yeah from a consumer mindset yeah yeah i thought yeah i thought so um, but the first half of the course is like you implement or you suggest some really useful habits, um, mm -hmm. which feel, you know, feel really necessary. Uh, I just feel it <laughs> where, where I'm at at the moment to ask, like, to learn about investing and stuff when like I'm in debt and stuff. That's like, it almost seems like I'm running before I can walk almost. Yeah. Um, so the habit side of things. Um, that really, that was, I found that extremely helpful. Uh, mm -hmm. and I was wondering if you could sort of touch on, touch on that aspect before we talk about the investing side of things. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Like, I, I think that this is also something I tried to, um, structure my course in such a way that it's practical and not just theoretical, because there's a lot to say, like if you, so if you look at, uh, like a, a personal finance channel or something like that, or you, you, you know, you basically go to someone whose profession it is to think about money. They will probably have a different approach than what I talk about in some ways, because there's often a like theoretically best way to do things that most people will simply not do. Okay. So I'm always like very aware of like the difference between practice and, and theory. Right. And, and so, for example, if you think about all this, you can you can have a long discussion about, um, you know, whether you should like what you should do with your debt and whether you should pay off all your debt first or keep some of your like cheap debt and put some money into investments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? It's like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff we can get into where it's like, yes, you could have a discussion about, about the, the, theor the theory of this with someone, but in practice, most people's money habits are absolutely garbage. And like you say, thinking about investing first is probably not very productive. It makes more sense to say, you know what, let's make sure that first I get some control. And you know, we talk about, like I said before, like you make multiple accounts, you make a habit of saving some of your money, you make a habit of actually tracking your expenses. We present this thing that, um, and like we also share this, what I call the net worth tracking sheet. So where you can track your net worth over time and making a habit of, of doing these things is hugely 
important and I think much, much more useful for most people early on than, than going straight into investing. So yeah, that's, that's an important point. And I, and I do think like the key behind all this, right? We can, we can go into all these various habits, but really I, I kind of want to just, people who want to learn this, like the, the class is there to teach that. And like we said, it's totally for free. So instead of just regurgitating that, what I think is the key thing is you want to get to a point where you have control over your financial life and you're making deliberate decisions about it. Because most of us just don't do that. Again, if you think about it in terms of your experience of what's happening, for most people, money is essentially a source of problems that happens to them. Right? Where it's like, and most, like a lot of people's attitude about money is essentially that they're always complaining about it, right? You're complaining because you never have enough. You're complaining because you're not getting paid enough. You're complaining because, um, again, like you're a victim in the game of finance that's happening in the world and that's happening in your country and in your economy, you're generally a victim, you know? It's like, oh, there's some, you know, some political thing happened and now there's some kind of a financial crisis and I, whatever, the result is I lost my job, right? I'm just on the loser side of this equation, you know? Um, and I don't know what to do about it and I don't have any other sources of income and I don't have any savings and I'm basically screwed, right? So you're just like in this victim role, things are happening to me, crap, right? But also in terms of spending habits, like most of us are spending a lot of our money impulsively on things that maybe we're addicted to, on things that, yeah, it's just like, yeah, impulse buys, you know, um, you you know, like I, I talk about this often, right? I'm an, I'm an impulsive eater. So that's one of those things like, you know, I try to make as many food choices as possible deliberately, but there's some portion of my money is spent on food that is just like I was bored or sad or something at the time, right? And that's, <laughs> and that's what I would call, that's not a deliberate decision. I'm not thinking, you know what I should really do? I should buy a cake now and eat that cake. No, it's like <laughs> it's like I'm not in control in a way, right? And and the problem is like for a lot of people that's almost all their spending is like that. You're spending things on on things that you have to, right? Well, you pay rent and you pay your bills and whatnot. You have no choice about that. You're spending things like out of habit, and you've never really thought, hold on, do I really need this, or is there a better way to do this? And you're spending impulsively, right? You go, oh, I really want this thing, you know, or I'm addicted, you know, whatever. I'm addicted to this game and I'm buying all these microtransactions or, um, <laughs> or, or it's just like a new gadget has come out and, and I have to have the latest, you know, thing. Um, otherwise, I don't feel complete. All of these things are essentially not examples of deliberate use of money. It's just like, oh, I have some money in my account and the new iPhone was released. Put one and one together. I've just spent all my money on a thing I don't need, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is because um, I, I often think this, you know, when it comes to the, you know, the the wealth habits that you talk about in the in the course. For me, it seems like um, I mean, well, a couple of them are really, you know, I, I wouldn't usually think of this. If I wanted to sort my finances out, I wouldn't usually think of that habit. So it's useful in that sense. But a couple of them seem to me to be like, you know, the equivalent of getting in shape. Like, right, okay. <laughs> go, you know, go to the gym a few times a week. Um, mm -hmm. So it makes me think that, okay, um, the reason why people really struggle with this is something that's connected to other issues in their life. So like save 10% yeah. uh, of your money. Maybe people are afraid of doing that um, because they think oh, I'm already at the edge. I can't say, I can't put 10% aside. I'm already struggling. So there's like yeah. a belief issue around money there where they can't survive with that 10% gone when yeah. it'd be worth testing that. Because as you say in the course, it's kind of like, look, you, uh, you likely can no matter what you're earning, if totally, that 10% yeah, was yeah. gone, you'd sort of find a way. And that's just one example. So it makes me just wonder, like uh, people's wealth habits are in the same sense as they're like their smartphone habits and the same sense as their eating habits and everything else. It's like, it's a reflection of something great, something more broad going on. So. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And it's, so like you said, okay, with, with saving 
you know, saving 10%, for example, or in general, right? One of the things I talk about is this, um, the habit of essentially, what you want to do is you want to make more money and spend less of it, right? Because as a very simple example, like your wealth is the gap between your expenses and your income, okay? Because it really, it doesn't matter how high your income is. If you do the keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing, where it's like, yeah, I got a promotion, I, I got a, uh, you know, I, ha I got a higher salary. And so right away, I'm upgrading from the BMW to the Mercedes <laughs> and I'm moving into a bigger house or something. Well, now your, your level of wealth is exactly the same. You just increased your expenditure to match your income and you're still poor, basically. So it's that gap between your income and your expenses that, that matters. And so how do you do that, right? How do you expand that gap? Of course, one side of it is to figure out how do I increase my income? Um, and how do I, and that can be, you know, through career advancement, it can be through building a business or doing side hustles or whatever. There's lots and lots of ways to do this, right? But another part of it is also like building the habit of not spending all that extra money. And, and one of the things we talked about before, you know, once you realize that, hey, I could spend my money instead of just buying shit that I don't need, I can buy assets, I can buy productive assets, I can build up Basically, I can use my money to make money, right? Um, and once you realize that, it, it's also easier to change some of those spending habits. But like you say, like most of us are essentially uh, caught up in, in all kinds of issues. We're caught up in like the, the turmoil of life. And just like our eating habits, our fitness habits, whatever, most of us don't have the best habits there. And it's all interconnected, right? It's like, okay, you're, you're stressed and depressed and, and whatnot. And and you're using these things, you're using consumption, for example, as a way to like self-soothe, as a way to distract yourself and so on. And so, and that's also something we, we cover in the class in a bit more detail. Rather than just saying, hey, just spend less money, we take a deeper dive into this. Because I think an, an important way to think of this is that you wanna have a clear set of priorities. Um, personally, I'm not an advocate of just being as frugal as possible no matter what, right? It's just like save money, like buy the cheapest toilet paper, <laughs> um, only eat <laughs> rice and beans, you know, this kind of thing where it's just like be as frugal as possible no matter what. I don't think that that's the right way to live because if you do that, then you're going to die rich, right? You're going to die with a big number in your bank account. It's like, well, what was the point of that, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. And this also comes back a bit to Ashley's question, right? Where you want to have a balance. You don't want to be just like, I'm going to sacrifice everything in my life to grow my wealth as quickly as possible. Like that's no way to live. But the way to do it, I think, is, is to have very clear priorities about what do you want to and what you don't want to spend your time and money on. Because there's a lot of things... Like, and actually, you know, <laughs> this is something that I just remembered now. Like... The first time I realized this was back when I was still in school. And I think I, I might have mentioned this on a previous episode or in some other context, but I remember this where during the breaks between, you know, there was, was like one longer break in the morning between classes. And this from a bakery, they'd drive up with a van and they would sell pastries and whatnot, right? And I got into a habit of always buying one but they weren't even that good. They were quite expensive. I and mean, we're talking about Switzerland here, right? I was in school in Switzerland, so the pages are pretty expensive. <laughs> um, and they, but they weren't even that good. But I just got in the habit of buying one every day because I was bored. And, you know, this is a little bit of... And also I hated being in school. So it's like, okay, I can have a, whatever, a pastry here to make me feel better for like two minutes. But if I looked at the addition to my life quality versus the expense, it just didn't make sense. And I realized that if I just made a habit of not buying those pastries, it really didn't make my day any worse. You know, it wasn't a huge sacrifice. All it did is it freed up some of my finances to do other things with. And I think that that is, I think everybody probably has um, opportunities like that in their life where right now you're spending money on things that Really, you could do without this and it wouldn't make your life any worse, right? So it's not like this huge sacrifice. And in fact, there might be things where you can say, look, I can, I can ditch these habits here 
and that'll save me some money. And I can take a portion of that money and save it. I can take another portion of that money and invest it in something that actually makes my life better, that actually makes me happier. And I think that's the approach, right? That's where you can really make it a win-win. If you have clear priorities and you spend your money on the things that are important to you and you save your money on everything else, that actually makes your life better. And, um, and at the same time, it helps you save more and, and invest more ultimately. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good advice. You've got a, uh, there's a, there's a write-in prompt exercise in the course, which I really like where you kind of mm-hmm. figure out what is happening with your money at the moment in a, you know, like, what do you actually value? What's important to you? What kind of excites you about, you know, like if you, if you, if you saved money, if you had more money to, to spend, what would you spend it on that kind of thing? Like it, it gets you to think about these things because as yeah. you say, I think so much of what we do when, we, when it comes to spending is habitual. I mean, I've even, I've even considered this with my morning coffee, right? So, so I know full well, uh, when it comes to values, this is like a conscious decision now. So I have, I have coffee every morning now and I could just make it at home, but I don't. Like on the way mm. to the gym, I'll stop off at a cafe, sit outside, do some writing, have a coffee and be around people and stuff and have a chat to people and meet people and whatnot. Now, if I just woke up and had a coffee at home and then went straight to the gym, I would miss out on this sort of like this this brief 20 minutes, 30 minutes where I'm just sort of waking up, coming alive, speaking to people, connecting with people and stuff like that. So when I ask, um, I ask myself the questions in the writing prompts, it's like, what do I value? You know, I could maybe save 10 euros a week on coffee by doing mm. that. Um, but I think in terms of my values, which is like connection and being social and being mindful as well, being present, because I, I just sit and drink a coffee and just talk to people. I don't like do anything else. Mm. Uh, I do a bit of writing after I've had my coffee, but yeah, but that's, uh, it's like in line with my values. So in that way, I, I was like, I could have saved money but actually it's like a conscious decision now. Actually, I don't want to. I don't want to give that part of my life up because it adds so much value to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's and, a great example. Yeah. Yeah, and I would also look for um, anything like, because that's this is also, we've talked about the attention economy here on the podcast a lot, right? Where um, we have technology that's getting better and better and at getting us addicted to stuff. And that's also something where I would look for what are your habits that that maybe you've kind of been roped into so for example um i was talking to a friend recently who you know you know how now you have all these scooters you know the cities all have these electric scooters right where you can just you know open your phone do the thing and you can have a ride and it will cost you like well it depends on where you are but i've i've used one of these a couple of times as well and it cost me something like, what was it, like two or three euros per ride? It's like not insignificant. <laughs> and it's one of those things, if you make a habit of this, like that's quickly turning into like, you know, 30, 50, 100 euros a month or something just to, to ride these scooters. And if you become aware of that, right, because that's this is an app that is, and the whole system is essentially there to extract money from you to make it as seamless as possible so you don't think about it don't worry about it just tap the thing and off you go right it's you can't underestimate how good these things are at getting your money essentially and yeah i was talking to a friend of mine who who was telling me yeah he kind of got into the habit of just using these scooters all the time and and at some point he realized it and he, he just bought one for himself because, you know, it's like the, the price of this thing was the equivalent of like a few months of just riding them all the time, you know. So yeah. then, again, this is an example where you can, you can save money on something. There's no sacrifice. He's still riding an electric scooter, you know. It's just like it's his own. Um, or even in, a, in the case of something like that, you know, where you can also ask yourself, hold on. So what do I like about this? And you know, is the solution to get my own electric scooter, is the solution to get a bicycle, you know, maybe a bicycle is actually kind of better and cheaper. But it's just like bringing it into your awareness, like taking that thing that's just become a habit and bringing it into awareness and really making that decision, what am I spending money on? What's important to me? What do I want? And making a deliberate decision. That's, that's a really key habit, I think. Yeah. And it's, um, 
it's so frustrating because those scooters are really fun. Like <laughs> they're all over the place in Lisbon right now. And it's like, oh, for God's sake. Um, but yeah, it, it just it's just one of those things that if those scooters weren't there, you, obviously you wouldn't use them. And you wouldn't then think, oh, uh, exactly. this is this this city is great. But one thing it's missing is loads and loads of electric scooters. That's what exactly. it's missing. That's what it really yeah. needs. I'm not going to live here unless they have loads of electric scooters littered around the place. <laughs> you just wouldn't bother. You wouldn't even, it wouldn't even enter your consciousness, you know? Exactly. Nobody, nobody was missing these things before they appeared. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Shane, I mean, this, uh, in this episode, all I wanted to really do was just to get a, get a feel for the uh, for the stuff that's in the wealth building course. But as you say, we didn't want to re just regurgitate the entire course because we want to encourage people because it's free as well, just to reassert that fact. What have you got to lose? Yeah. And uh, it's literally and free. There's also no, there's no email sign up or anything. Like, listen, like I said, it's like, I think this is something that's important. I think this is something that's very, very valuable. And I don't, this is something that I really don't want to charge money for. Okay, it's just one of those things. I don't want because, and it's, it would be a bad financial decision to give me a lot of money. If, if you need to learn this stuff, then giving me $200 for it would be a bad first move, right? So <laughs> this is why it's free. Um, this is the kind of thing that I wish someone had told me a long time ago. It's, this, it's the stuff that I learned kind of the, the hard way, so to speak through you know years and years of just my own uh, you know as an entrepreneur learning how to generate income and then learning how to turn that income into passive income and i'm just sharing all the stuff that i wish someone would have told me you know when i was i don't know i don't know 18 or so might be a good moment to sit someone down and be like listen this is going to change your life uh, unfortunately yeah. it didn't happen um and so this is just free just yeah, all it all it costs is a bit of your time, and I tried to make it not boring. So, I don't I don't know what else. I don't know what more you can ask for. Basically, go check it out. Although the course itself, what the you have titled "This is boring, don't watch this." <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Despite what you just said, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to just make it clear that this is not a, like a get rich quick scheme. So I did call it "This is boring, don't watch it," but give it a try anyway. <laughs> Yeah, CoffeeZilla won't be making a video about you for that cost, Shane, anytime soon. Who knows? <laughs> it'd be, I mean, it'd be good PR. I bet we'd get a lot of traffic if he did. <laughs> yeah, I bet. All right, so that's uh, so that's it, guys. Um, that was episode 44 of the Ikario podcast. Show notes can be found at ikario.com forward slash 044. As always, if uh, anything in this episode resonated with you you'd like to send us a voice message always welcome anchor.fm forward slash ikario the links and show notes will have all uh, the links to the course and everything go check it out as we've mentioned multiple times it's free and you'll uh, it could potentially change your life so we hope you enjoy that and uh, that's it from us see you guys next week see ya